Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the beautiful day you blessed us with. Now the awesome opportunity once again to get back into your word. Help us now as we consider our studies. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continue with our Bible study of to Z in the word guidance. We'll turn to Revelation chapter 2 as we pick it back up here, seeing the guidance that's being sent to the seven churches in Asia by way of the vision that the Apostle John is experiencing. As it said there in verse 20, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So he's instructed to write those things and give to them. And he was in exile on the Isle of Patmos, but apparently they would still allow correspondence. And we know that where he says the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, angel being interpreted as messenger from God. These are not celestial beings, but the actual leaders or pastors of that of those seven churches. And the first one was to Ephesus, verses 1 through 7 of chapter 2. And let's pick it up here in Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. We see the next as it reads, And unto the angel of the church of Samarna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Of course, the first and the last is Jesus Christ. It reads, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Everybody dealing with these infiltrators. Satan putting his people in churches, in synagogues, just to stir up trouble, to cause chaos, to cause doubt. As he reads, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And the second death is what we really need to be thinking about. First one, everybody's going to have the first death. That is separation from the body. The second death he speaks of here is the permanent and total separation from God, never to see him ever again. As he continues in verse 12, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges, I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, 
who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. The false teaching, the persuasion to have people do various things, rituals, that have been traditional or that have been completely made up and put a spiritual reference to it or a spiritual value to it. Just as we see them trying to bring in all of the Mosaic law over into the New Testament time. You know, to do that. Now these guys were going even farther than that. They were going into the fornication of the eating of the sacrificed things, the animals that were sacrificed to the idols, which was forbidden in the Old Testament and would have been continuing to be a bad thing to do, wouldn't send you to hell, but it's sure not going to improve your relationship with the Lord or their testimony with others. We've got to know that we are ambassadors to Christ. When we become born-again Christians, we have been given a liberty. We have been given salvation. We can sin, but we'll pay the price for it. We will suffer. We will suffer now. We will suffer losses if we commit any kind of a sin. So if we intentionally do something that we know is contrary to the will of the Lord, that is a sin. And these guys were teaching others to do that very thing. Things were contrary to the will of the Lord. And that's what he says that he hates. The doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. And then he gives them some instruction in verse 16. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, where no man knoweth, saying, saving he that receiveth it. So if we want the full reward, if we want all the things that the Lord has in store for us, we need to be obedient to His will, to follow His guidelines, to follow His commandments that apply to us today. Now we know there's some 613 statutes, ordinances, and commandments of the Old Testament, and they don't all apply to the New Testament. The statutes, ordinances, and commandments of the Old Testament we're looking forward to the arrival and the finished work of Jesus Christ. He has arrived. He has finished His work. He has ascended to the Father. He sits on the right hand of the Father. Our great high priest, our mediator, our advocate, as it says in the Word. And He pleads our case. Now, we are to follow His guidelines, His great commandments that He gave us. And that was to love God with all of our existence and to love others as ourselves. When we have that kind of love, then all the other commandments are going to fall right into place. The Ten Commandments are a great reference to us to go back to because they all apply to love and our relationship with the Heavenly Father. So when we follow those, they are good to, points to focus on. But it is all absorbed into the two great commandments or covered by the two great commandments, and that is to love God with all your existence and love others as yourself. 
we focus on those two, then we have the relationship with the Lord that we are supposed to have. And then he will guide us through the indwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost to behave the way we're supposed to behave, to be a good witness, to be a good testimony, to be a good ambassador of God out in the world. As it continues here. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. So, he's pointing out here, they're doing things right in these categories, in these references here. But, he gets to a point in verse 20, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Those are the two things that seem to have been a lot of popularity, you might say. A real problem for them back there in the New Testament church. Fornication and eating things sacrificed unto idols. There's not a lot of animal sacrifice going on these days, but there sure is a lot of fornication. So how can we apply these things to us today as far as sacrifice and eating things sacrificed unto idols? If we take on or participate in anything that is ungodly, that it's not have, or I should say, that does not have a reference to Jesus Christ in it, a reference to bring honor and glory to the Lord within that behavior, activity, attitude, thoughts, beliefs, whatever it may be. Because we got to know that things that are devoted to bring honor and glory or profit to anything other than godly things becomes an idol and things sacrificed to idols. For instance, if you were to profit from a business that supported something that was ungodly, then you would be partaking of the spoils of that, and it's like eating the things sacrificed. The money that was spent on that ungodly behavior, and then you profit from that ungodly behavior, then that could roll into this eating things sacrificed unto idols. You are benefiting from an ungodly behavior. So in any way, if you have an association with an ungodly behavior that brings you some kind of a benefit, then that would fall into this category. Fornication and such things as that. Let's continue. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. This is somebody who's come in and trying to get the church to do something that was ungodly. Fornication, the physical lustful desires of the flesh, and then the other, benefiting from idolatry. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her in, into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds." And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which 
searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. According to your works. And that's awesome there that we are going to be held accountable. Because that accountability is also accountable for your good works. Know that yes, you're going to suffer for your your bad works. You're going to suffer loss of blessings or rewards that you could have had for eternity. But we also have rewards for our good works that we'll be able to enjoy for eternity. As it continues. But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. He tells us to take up our cross and follow him. The burden of persecution that we will receive for being a born-again Christian. That's the burden that he's talking about having put on them. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. All these additional rewards that he's speaking of, I'll give unto him, and he that overcometh, and so forth, all that's going to be piled together when you fulfill all the will of the Lord. It's not just individual things that apply to those particular churches. This is blanketed over all born-again Christians, all the lessons that we can receive here from these seven churches and apply to, and look at how they apply to our lives and know that we are going to be receiving the many different rewards and blessings that he has listed in accordance to what we have done for the Lord. All right, we'll run on into chapter 3. It reads, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. We need to continuously pray for the Lord to reveal to us the error of our ways. Where are we coming short? Where are we misbehaving? Where do we need improvements? And then make those changes, make those improvements. Strengthen the things that we're doing right and restore the things that we need to restore. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received, and heard, and hold fast, and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. We need to be ready at any moment for the return of the Lord. Not to be carrying things around, or holding things back that need to be dealt with. To be carrying some sin around and some sin you think might be hidden 
because nothing's hidden from the Lord. Get it right. Get it taken care of. Get it washed away, gone. Be ready, because at any moment, He could return. And then we'd be right there before judgment, getting everything looked at. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Just as referred to earlier, like this white garment, all of us are going to receive that white garment that have trusted in the Lord and that have overcome that overcome is overcoming the temptation to stay in our sins. Overcoming death by becoming born again through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. This keeping them from the hour of temptation is speaking of being raptured away before the tribulation time. Let's read that again. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And that is to be raptured up, not have to go into the tribulation time. And that is available to all truly born again Christians that will be here at that moment. Behold, I come quickly. Now this I come quickly... The scoffers use this and say, well, it wasn't quickly. It's been some 2,000 years, so what's the deal? Well, the deal, as they say, or the problem, is that they're not looking at the, the meaning of the word quickly here. It's translated. It means suddenly or without announcement, as you said there earlier, about coming in when they didn't expect him. Behold, I come quickly or suddenly. Or without notice. Behold, I come quickly, hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. 
And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. This being lukewarm is, they're not convicted, they're not excited, they're not motivated, they're not fired up. Because they don't care. They're lukewarm. They are not burning with desire to please the Lord. And an indication that they are not saved to begin with. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eye with eye salve that thou mayest see. This nakedness is they are naked because they are not clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. They have been blessed with materials and stand on their achievements and the materials that they have. The Lord refers to the rich people and how hard it would be that they would be saved. And that's what it's speaking of. They're comfortable. They don't think they have a need for the Lord because they have the things that they desire to have in this world. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. And that is awesome that he does this very thing. That he will rebuke us. That he will chasten us. He will give us that attitude adjustment. That slap upside the head that we all need every once in a while. Because he loves us. Pay attention to it. Abide by it. Repent. And get rid of whatever problem it is that's causing you to be chastised and rebuked. Get back on the right pathway. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Repent. Be eager to find out why you are being chastised. Why is that happening to you? Why are you going through this hardship? What kind of problem that you're dealing with, whatever it might be, what is the cause of that problem? Sometimes it's because we have done something to ourselves and we're suffering for that. Many, many times or most times it's something that we have brought upon ourselves, either very early in our life or sometime along of our, our walk in our life that we have done something that we are still suffering from because we disobeyed sometime along the past. And sometimes things that come upon us are not our fault at all. Those are the ones you got to search out and understand where is there within this an opportunity to bring honor and glory to the Lord and an opportunity to reach others and to grow and to mature. So all of the obstacles, all the problems, all the pain, all the suffering, all the persecution, all the hardships whatsoever have a purpose. There's a reason for them. They're either chastisement or they're opportunities to grow and to inspire others, and to help others, and to bring honor and glory to the Lord. So let's search it out and see what it is. If it's because of a chastisement, then be zealous, therefore, to repent. 
and get that away. Take care of it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Now, he's knocking on everybody's door. Everyone will be given an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ or deny Jesus Christ. When you're born into this world, everybody before they leave this world will be given that opportunity. And then you might say, well, how about all the millions and millions of babies that are murdered before they're born? They are before the age of accountability, as well as the millions and millions of babies that have been murdered before they reached an age of accountability after they've been born. They have a direct path right to the Lord. But once an individual matures in their mind, in their heart, to know right and wrong, then begins that important decision. You need to make the right decision. That point of beginning, entering into that is different for different people, different ages even. But when you reach that point in your heart and your mind where you can understand the difference between right and wrong, from that point forward you've got a decision to make. Trust in Jesus Christ for your Lord, as your Lord and Savior or deny Him. That is that knock on that door. That knock starts when that person reaches that age of accountability. Prior to that, they automatically go to heaven anyway. If they pass away. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. What the Spirit saith unto the churches. As I spoke of earlier, some say that these Seven churches are dispensational periods or time periods in history and that currently we are under the Laodicean time. But that's a narrow way to think about it. You need to look at all seven churches, the message that goes to all seven of them. They can all apply to us today. Every one of them has various things that could apply to us at any time from the moment that these were written all the way to today. So we need to look, where can we learn out of all of these and how do they apply to us today? Don't be focused in on just thinking that, well, we're in the time of Laodicea and ignore the rest of them because we can learn from all of it and know that the Lord can give us an understanding of His Word, even an understanding of the, the book of Revelation when we truly pray and truly ask the Holy Ghost for that wisdom. So let's all do that and understand it and apply it in the, right, in the proper way because we can receive the guidance that comes from the understanding of the Word of God and the guidance from the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the opportunity you've given us to be able to do a little bit of study in here and help us to really understand it correctly and apply it correctly and encourage us to then in turn share it with others as well out there. We know that it can't be much longer till you come back and fulfill the things that you've prophesied and help us all be ready for that moment. That moment in a twinkling of an eye when you're going to 
give us that glorified body, rapture us up, and be with you for eternity. Thank you, oh, so much for the many things you have in store for us as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you.